math circa 2009. Yeah, everything's everything looks like the Cyber Chase logo. <laughs> everything looks like the Cyber Chase logo, and it is the most unreadable color of font against a back, black background. Exactly. It's like neon purple <laughs> and a black background. <laughs> and it just says internet. <laughs> In Comic Sans. Yes. Yes. <laughs> internet. <laughs> I'm going to make that the episode art for this week. Yeah, make that the episode art. Actually, let's put that on the store. That'll be funny as hell. Yes. It'll be a sticker. I promise. Yeah. Um, do we want to start? Yeah, let's get this party started. Okay. Welcome to Lukewarm Takes. It's like hot takes, but worse. I'm Jack. I'm Ford. Um, and it, it's, it's a week. <laughs> it's a week later than it's supposed to be. Which and keeps happening. Because here's the thing. The days start coming, and they don't stop 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 coming. You know? Um, and honestly, I'm amazed that we did it this week because things are things are really kicking up, folks. I'm also um, medically a disaster right now. Yeah, I'm busy to the point where I feel like I can feel myself fracture. Like I feel like that one bit from SpongeBob, whatever his brain splits in half. So you're medic. That's what happens to me whenever I move my eyes too quickly. <laughs> don't go. Don't. Don't. Always make sure you're not about to run out of SSRIs. Yeah. And also, I'm out of Adderall, and I've. Be- you just said you got more. I'm still out though because I had to special order it. Ah, and so- I see. I thought you meant like I've obtained my Adderall. No, I went to the doctor. I said, "Hey, doc, there's a problem with my Adderall," and she's like, "That shouldn't happen." I'm like, "Damn, you're so right, Emily. Let's fix that now." <laughs> and so she's like, "Hold on, I'm gonna do this right now." So she sits in front of me and goes, "Dee dee 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 do" on her little computer, <laughs> and she's like, "Oh." There was a problem with the transmission electronically. I'll fix that. I am seeing a problem with our idea. With our little concept. Uh, but yeah, she was like, I'm gonna, she's like, I'm gonna go into my little computer and I'm gonna fix it. Yes. Uh, so do we want, our two options are either to have the men kissing or be allowed to say f- I feel like not saying f- is a sacrifice we can make for this joke. Okay. We'll just be extra good. Let me put in one more marker. And then... And if it doesn't... If we can't control ourselves, um, I will simply mark it as explicit on whatever... Red circle is what it's called. I'm a great producer. (laughs) You will get a special treat. I'm so good at producing. But yeah. Anyways. So she goes dee-dee-dee-dee-do on her little computer. Yes. And uh, she fixes the problem. But, uh, and I get a call from CVS, like, two seconds later being like, your prescription starting with D, because Adderall is, like, a long name that starts with D. It's been special ordered. And I'm like, great, I'm gonna get it today. It was not today. Damn. So. You hate to see it. So that means for the past two weeks now, I've been, without Adderall, but also expected to do, perform the duties of someone that is on Adderall, (laughs) and do finals yeah so i've been living in a personal hell in which i've begun considering things about myself i haven't considered for a hot minute because i'm deeply unmedicated i'm so sorry um (laughs) i've basically only been able to lay in bed the last three days except for yesterday when i went into a fugue state and i walked like two miles while listening to sax romer one on repeat (laughs) 
We are both so unwell. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> we are both different brands of unwell. Let me talk real quick about people who give us money. <laughs> Just hear us say things like this. Yeah. Um, here, the following is a list of people who have paid us $5 or more to hear us talk about our problems being <laughs> off our meds once every couple weeks. Um, <clears throat> thank you to Nicola James, M. Mosin, Samantha Shea, Jonathan Hennard, Wait, Jonathan Humard, <laughs> Alti, Morgan Patterson, Jace Pastris, Ollie Science, Juno, Jan Aloni, Dylan Bochamp, Aaron Subbo, Iris Newland, Connor Fox, and Adrian Frisbee. Um, if you would also like to have your name read, give us money. Um, you will also get other things, like the video version of this episode where you can see a Google slideshow <laughs> that we've made that is just several images from Our Flag Means Death. On rotation. On rotation. That we sacrificed saying the mean word for. Yes, we are keeping this episode PG so that we can keep this image up. So we can say up. rude words. Yes. Um, Alright. I, I remembered the Patreons. <laughs> The patrons. Um, let's talk about some news. Some news? Um, yes, real quick, because we simply missed missed the window to talk about them. The Oscars happened. Um, Which, like, we really took an L for missing that week, huh? Eh. Eh. We, the brand of Lukewarm Takes is we are not the kind of media podcast that talks about the Oscars. We're the kind of media podcast that spends half the pre-show talking about <laughs> the societal implications of Homestuck. Um, <laughs> and people pay us for different it. Different strokes for different blokes. Um, but they happened. Uh, Coda won Best Picture. Which, unexpected, but not... I'm yes. so happy about I it. I was so prepared to deal with the fact that Power of the Dog won. Um, but then I didn't. But no. Now I'm gonna have to hear my family members be like, what is Coda and why did it win? Um, I feel like other fun and interesting things happened besides uh, the Will Smith thing. Which we're not gonna talk about. Because if I have to hear one more opinion... Yeah, I'm so tired of opinions on the Will Smith yeah, thing. Especially white opinions. Yeah. Like, as white, as two white men, what, we don't f*** that Damn! No! <laughs> we did so. Let me get. Let me. Let me move away from the men for a minute. Okay, we're good. It's fine. <laughs> I'm not gonna do it again. I just got so fed up. I understand. Yeah, we're not gonna talk about the Will Smith thing, but um, Daniel Radcliffe was right. What does it matter? Who wants to hear our opinion? Yeah. Literally, just mind your business. Who needs discourse about this? Yeah. Um, the rest of the Oscars went pretty well, in my opinion. Um, I did not watch them. Uh, I didn't either, because, uh, it was an underwhelming ceremony. Yeah. Um, uh, Samuel Jackson finally won his first Oscar, and it was a- It's his first Oscar? Yes! And it was his what one- the hell? And it was his memorial Oscar for being, like, in the- for doing, like, 50 years or something like that in the industry. Wow. Imagine that. Imagine being a super respected actor. Yeah, imagine the first Oscar you get is like a Lifetime Achievement Award yeah. for how many times you've been in critically acclaimed movies. Yeah, I would be... done a fantastic job. I would be so peeved. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Um, also, the Grammys and happened that was a few days ago. 
That was a bit of <coughs> that was a bit of a mess. Saint Vincent won best, uh, <coughs> I think, pop album. It was best alternative best alternative album. Stream Daddy's Home. That was a good album. It's so good. Um, it is not as good as Mass Seduction, yeah. in my opinion. But no, it is great. There's a couple songs on there that are really good. She deserves the world. Um, uh, Lil Nas X didn't win anything. No, I'm. That's the only thing I'm getting. Even though he released Montero this year. Yeah, no, he got snubbed. Even though Montero is like one of the most critically acclaimed albums of last year, and is one of the objectively one of the best albums. Yeah, one of the best, most personal albums that has been released in the past decade. Uh, he didn't even win best music video. No, he made Call Me. He learned how to. Dude, he learned how to pole dance for that. Yeah. No, I'm mad about that. I really am. And then they also, like, I think uh, they didn't air, like, a lot of, like, best rap album, best stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. and a lot of, ow. A lot of artists were, like, <laughs> catch. a lot of black artists were, like, we're we we can, we're continually getting screwed over by the Oscars because, yeah. by the Oscars, by the Grammys. Them, too. <laughs> but... <laughs> We're continually getting screwed over, and they profit off us, but then they don't even air our segments. Yeah. So. Yeah. I do really enjoy how the Grammys are broken up by um, genre, yeah. which I know they do that because that's how music is organized much more so than film or TV. Um, but I think I think it would be nice to have like a little comedy section in the Oscars or something like that. Um, yeah, because it would it would give it would give genre fiction a chance. Yeah, man, we could have good omens. Good omens only got nominated for production design awards, and then it lost to Game of Thrones. Um, yeah, we're out here fighting in the pit. Yeah, as someone who plans on only writing genre fiction for the rest of my life. Yeah, because guess what? It's fun. It's so fun. Um, it does lead it does lead to some problems, though. For instance. Get Out got nominated in only comedy categories, which is an insane thing to Girl, do. Girl, it's a horror film. It is a it is a, a horror film, and furthermore, it's a black horror film. Yeah, and I was the year that happened. I was like ranting about it to my parents, and they were like, "Well, it's 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 a dark comedy." And I was like, "Hey, you haven't seen Get Out, Curly, Channa, Channa, you have not seen Get Out. Yeah. B, it's not." It's, it's not, just horror. It's literally about generational about generational horror. Yeah. Um so that's fun. That's fun and fresh. Yes. I have more news besides the awards shows. Yeah, so t- please take your moment of silence here to be internally mad about whoever of your faves got snubbed. And moving. All right. <laughs> um, Bridgerton season two broke Netflix's record for most hours of a show viewed in one week, um, which shocking to me because Squid Games. Yeah, everyone, everyone that I have talked to who has seen Bridgerton season two was like, "Oh, I only watched it because I'm so tired of good television." <laughs> they were like, "I only watched it because I needed something with no plot or substance." <laughs> And like I understand that. Yeah. Um, also, I'm I'm in my Shonda Rhimes era right now. Um, I didn't particularly like the parts of Bridgerton that I saw. Um, yeah, I'll- mostly because mostly because um, 
It was like when I was watching it, I liked some of it because Simon was on screen. And then as soon as Simon was off screen, I was like, I like broke out of this trance that he put me under. And I was like, wait a second, this is a bad show. Yeah. Um, and then he, he's a very pretty man. Exactly. I was like, Simon. And then he left and I was like, where'd he go? Why, why did you leave me in a Netflix show? Yeah, why, did, um, why, why did you leave me all alone in this vapid Netflix show? Girl, where are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm back. And then he left the cast. So why would I watch season two? Yeah. Um, but I have heard that the plot with that Indian woman is very yeah. good. Ash- Ashley Simone? Yes. Or Simone Ashley. I can't remember which way it goes, but either way. Um, she's Her, her storyline, I've heard great things about. Yeah. She's gorgeous, though. She is also gorgeous. She is absolutely stunning. Uh, but it feels like, this is just an observation from me. Yeah. It feels like. Uh, being the most viewed show on Netflix is now, like, getting on the New York Times bestseller list. It's like, why is everybody on there? Like, I've noticed so many shows lately being like, this is the most viewed show on Netflix, most collective hours watched, and I'm like, how many times can this happen? (laughs) There has to be a cap limit, right? Well, it's just like, people people keep watching TV, I don't know what to tell you. Can they stop? (laughs) I have really bad news for you about the career you want to go into. No. Like, the worst news that I could possibly deliver to you right now. I'm, I'm going into television writing, and I'm telling you now, stop. Ford wants, Ford wants to starve on the streets. I want, at least then this would be over. Ford wants no money. <laughs> no money. No, do everything in your power Except unless it's revoke your Patreon subscription. Everything else in your power to prevent Stanford Blue from making money. No money? No money? Picture mega mind. Yeah, picture mega mind. Picture, if you will, mega mind. Um, moving on. Um, I need you guys to know that the way I choose what news to present in the beginning of this is I do not pick what's important at all. I'm sure much more important things are happening. I go on Screen Rant and Deadline, and I scroll through, and everything that interests me, I write on a sticky note. Which is the way we do this show, okay? Yeah. It's like, I will I will pass just, like, very important things about many different topics, and then I'll see something like, Robert Downey Jr. is helping out with two different Sherlock shows for HBO Max, <laughs> and I go, oh, ho, ho, ho. This is news. That um, man, that, what is, I think he just has a thing for Sherlock. It would seem so because he hasn't even said if he's acting in them. He's just helping develop them. Like, is it like a, is it like a, a kink thing? Is it like a fascination? Like, what is it with him? I think, I think he is just a kinny. Yeah, I, I think, think he is the mainstream white man version of a kinny. Yeah, no, I would gen- I genuinely 100% believe if there was ever a celebrity to be a Kinney, it would be Robert Downey Jr. for yeah. Sherlock it's Holmes. It's all method actors. It's all method actors. And Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, because he seems like the kind of man that'd be like, you know, I see myself as a very intellectual individual, and I feel like yeah. I can really relate Cause, to Sherlock. Yeah, because he has a thing with Sherlock, and then also I feel like he, he relates a little harder to Iron Man. Than he should? Than... Maybe then he should, but then any of the other MCU actors relate to their yeah, characters. Yeah, because Chris Hemsworth would be like, oh yeah, I'm Thor. And I really, <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I'm Thor. And I just, I really like playing with the hammer. It's a lot of fun. And also I get to shoot lightning from my fingers. And then Robert Downey Jr. is like, yeah. He's just like me for real. 
Oh, he dressed like me. He's dressed like me for real. He's dressed like me for real. Um, yeah. So, also, um, this has to be recent because they keep on, they're in, like, every category on Netflix right now. But both the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock movies are now on Netflix. Yeah. Um, they were on Hulu and then they took them off Hulu and I mourned. Uh, now they're on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but he's helping with, first of all, why is HBO making two different Sherlock series at the same time? I could understand being like, we're gonna make a Sherlock movie yeah. and a show, but why are you making two different shows? Yeah, like, why do we need... And why is two... Robert Downey Jr. like Hollywood's resident Sherlock consultant? Yeah, why is he the guy that people call like, uh, you know who we gotta get on on this? Robert! Sherlock Kinney in residence for Hollywood. Yeah, he walks out, in the, out of his little office and it just sh- says Sherlock expert and he's wearing his little deerstalker hat. <laughs> he's smoking out of one of those pipes. It's not even a real one, it's like a plastic one. It's a the, bubble pipe. Yeah, it's a bubble pipe from the Dollar Tree. Yeah. And and Mr. HBO, Mr. Box Office comes up to him and he's like, Robert, Robert, please, we need to make a new show. He's like, I'll see if I can pencil it in. <laughs> yeah. And he's he's twirls around his little office chair and he's like, you know, I knew he, I knew they were gonna be trouble when they walked through my door. <laughs> a bunch of bubbles foam up out of his. Pipe. I love that we've made Robert Downey Jr. a a Sherlock Kinney and b a like film noir detective, but like a really bad one because the his PA went and got that bubble pipe and told him he it was like this is a very expensive pipe that I found online and you're going to be you know I found it from this like shop in France you'll love it sir and it's like this really shabby looking like. Tan plastic pipe. Yes, yes. It's it's his it's his oral it's his oral stim. It's his, it is. It's his oral fixation. Why are we headcanoning <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. as so many different things in this moment? <laughs> because it's funny. He's neurodivergent. He's a Sherlock <laughs> Kinney. He's a minor. <laughs> I don't think that we could headcanon Robert Downey Jr. as a minor. He's a minor coded. <laughs> Short. Um, the trailer for Star Trek Strange New Worlds has also dropped since last we spoke. <laughs> the trailer for Strange New Worlds has also dropped. Um, for the most part, it looks really good. They're saying that they're going back to their TOS roots. Yeah. It really feels like they are. Pike is there. Thank Looking God. Yossified. Looking Yossified Pike is there. Um, the one problem is they forgot Spock is a Vulcan and gay. Yeah. Um, they really- Even- I- What was that post you made that was like- It was like, while we were all busy talking about Kirk Drift, they strapped Spock to a raft (laughs) and pushed him down Womanizer River. (laughs) Um, Because he is so horny in such a human way, and they're like, we're really getting back to our roots. And by that, they also mean the characterizations for a lot of the people in Star Trek. And they're like, except Spock. Except Spock, because we thought he was gay, and that's really threatening to us personally. And it's, yeah, it's this thing that I have noticed where it's like, writers, TV writers went from accidentally making characters gay to realizing that they were accidentally making characters gay, and then making them straight on purpose, which makes them A, worse characters, and B, just like, undeniably straight in a way that is really saddening. But it's like, 
I understand the the urge to do that in Stop. in new properties, like in new shows that you're making. Yeah. But Strange New Worlds, you're taking a character that already exists, and it's been, like, and you're completely misinterpreting him on purpose. Yeah, like who presumably is... so that people will stop interpreting him as gay. And it's like, hey, that's not gonna work. Have you ever met a fan of anything in your yeah. life? Like he has been so, like just in general, like beyond just the fact that like, uh, have you met a fan of anything in your entire life? Yeah. He is also just, like, just, a worse character now. Yeah, it just makes him worse, because he's been, like, historically interpreted as queer in some capacity, and thus it is a part of his, it is a part of his character, just yeah. as, like, Leonard Nimoy's Jewishness is a exactly. part of his yeah, character. Yeah, and it's, like, so much of the trailers seemed to be them erasing, not erasing the fact that Spock is Vulcan, but, like, erasing that that is an issue that makes him separate from the human characters. Yes. Um... And it's like, damn, you have, <laughs> how have you missed the point by such a large margin? Yeah, there's something to be said about the fact that so many showrunners who are working on these pro- uh, on these properties where there is a character that has been historically coded as queer in some capacity, whether that be on accident or on purpose, yeah. feel threatened by the idea of having a queer fan of anything. Because they're like, ah, if queer people like our show... That means we've messed up because now that they're gonna want queer content from us, and we don't want to do that. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's all the news that I had. Yeah. I just deleted my sticky note off my computer. Yes, um, and we're which, doing good on time. Yes, we are. We have like a full forty minutes to talk about the meat of the episode, which is um, a show that Has is a- is really a band aid over <laughs> over the wound that we have just talked about. Yeah, HBO's Our Flag Means Death. Yes. Oh my god. We are going to... Yes. We decided... Um, blanket we're... spoiler warning. Yeah, massive, massive, massive blanket spoiler warning. We're going over every episode. We're talking about all of them. And we're going to talk about it in an analytical way. That's right. We're going to do media analysis on this media analysis show about one show. Isn't that amazing? That never <laughs> happens. We've, we've done full reviews of several things. That's true. That used to be more of what we did. That's true, but now, this is the first time we're coming back to it in a while. I, I feel like this is a good place to do it, because, like, this is a show that has really taken over the internet, like, overnight. Because, like, it was kind of like a, a quiet little show at first, and, like, people were like, oh, you should watch Our Flag Means Death, you know? like. But then, episode 9 came out. Explosion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was so. talking to Alex about this, I think, earlier today. But he was like, I understand now why queer baiting works because really word of mouth is going to get this show a season two because some gay people were watching it and then they were like, guys, the men kiss and now every gay person has watched it. Yeah, no, it's incredible because like the, this show both shows why queer baiting isn't necessary and also shows exactly why showrunners did it. Yeah. Because... You know, because queer people are really good at word of mouth on the internet because we're so desperate for little crumbs that we'll come running if yeah. we get, like, even a hint. But David Jenkins, bless his heart, baked a- he He kneaded this dough with his hands. He watched it rise. He did that little flower art on the top that um, TikTok bread bakers do. Yeah. You know? And then they put um, a little school. Yeah, he put a little- he put Blackbeard's little flag with the heart yeah. um, into the flower. Uh, and he baked us this bread, and he's giving it to it. It's so much more than crumbs. Yeah. It's so good. It is... <laughs> Jack is mad because he accidentally said the rude word. 
we aren't doing as good as we thought. We are doing better than I thought we were going to. <laughs> I assumed that we would have given up on having this slideshow now. Um, for no. those of you listening and not watching the video episode, the we have a slideshow playing on OBS that is just several images of Ed and Steed from Our Flag Means Death. It's the, this has been going the entire episode, by it the way. Has. We're just in the corner. Yeah. Because um, I just like looking at them. Yeah. But it's, it's very good. Um, yeah. If you haven't seen it, it is... It's literally just um, historical RPF fanfiction. Um, but, but it's, it's also, like, essentially, as David Jenkins described it, a pirate rom-com. Yeah, it's about um, Edward Teach, colloquially known as Blackbeard, uh, and Steed Bonnet. Was he- is he actually called the Gentleman yes, Pirate? Yes, Okay, colloquially known as the Gentleman Pirate, um, and their relationship um, that becomes very explicitly romantic- yeah. In a way that is so good and lovely to watch. Yeah. Um, and then also all of the other very gay people on their pirate ship. Yeah. <laughs> to quote tw to quote random Twitter user, uh, Dave, uh, David Jenkins was told you can have one gay ship, and he interpreted that as a full naval ship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're like you can have you can have one gay ship, and he was like, okay, it is the revenge. <laughs> Everyone on it is gay. It is the revenge. Yeah, and it's like it's not it's ah it's so good because it's like all of the relationships in it are a queer and b queer in a way that is not just like two bland white men. Yes, um, it like it feels organic. It feels yeah, like it's like real. it's like two middle aged men, one of whom is indigenous. It is a a black man and an indigenous non-binary person. Yeah. And then it is it is two white men, um, but neither of them are conventional in any way. They're not conventionally attractive. They're yeah. not conventional to talk to. <laughs> I I love Lucius. Yeah. They are Lucius is such a good character because David Jenkins was like, we are going to take a gay stereotype that is usually played for jokes, and instead we are going to make it, like, just the way this man is, and he's going to be the beloved of every yeah. person who watches this show. Because, like, they didn't make it mean. Like, he's- No, he's just- he's just a little floozy. Yeah. Like, no, Lucius- uh, Lucius is, like, so they also, like, another thing they do that really balances him out as a character rather than making him a stereotype is, like- He's a very reasonable person. Yeah. Like, he is by far, like, besides Oluwande, like, the most reasonable person on the ship. And, yeah. like, the reason, like, he he's is... So, he's so competent. He's the ship therapist. Yeah, like, he's the ship therapist. He's far more emotionally competent than Oluwande, who usually is, like... He kind of stands off to the side. But yeah. Lucius is more, like, willing to be, like, what what's going on here? You know, like, you're making yourself look a fool. So... Yeah. Lucius serves a very important role on the ship in keeping everyone in check. I'm looking at him right now. <laughs> I'm looking at Lucius right now. I'm looking at an image of him. So um, it's very, he serves a very important role, and I, it's really cool to see like a flamboyant gay man, gay man being treated like as a serious character and not like a joke character. Yeah, yeah. and then it's just like, it it would be a great show for the gay people alone, but it also is just, like, a good show. Yeah, like, one of the most... It's so funny. <laughs> it's really funny. Like, some people are like, ah, oh, episode one's a little slow. I'm like, no, I was in it from episode one, because the writing is really tight. Like, yeah. I was in it from episode one, but it's because I watched episodes four and five first, and I was like, oh my god, he wears fine things well. <laughs> yeah. No. Ep I really liked episode one. I know some people thought it was slow, but it really... 
as someone who's a fan of Taika's work, I was like, because he directed episode one, I'm like, no, this is, like, his pacing, this is his style. And part of, like, that style is, like, it has this really tight writing, but it has this pacing where you have to earn these things. That's so true. Yeah, it's, like, the writing... The the rate at which, like, dialogue flows and, like, the pacing of a given episode feels very different. Um, but it's, like, because because they're saying everything so, like, efficiently, yeah. it's, like, you get to the end of an episode and it feels like it's been going so slowly, but then you're, like, wait, so much has happened. Yeah. It's, like, it kind of, it, it flies by you in a very nice way yeah no it's very it's very clever in its pacing and uh i feel like it's very it's very similar to his other work like the woman it's movie yeah i that definitely happens in the movie yeah and i think it's kind of i think that's a big reason why i think people should go back and rewatch like episodes one and two whenever ed isn't there because it's like very indicative of his usual work and like it has like a very specific style it's very well written and I feel like that's what makes Our Flag Means Death, like, such a, like, a good show. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, like I said, you have to earn the, th- the milestones you get to. You earn Ed showing up. You yeah. feel that. Like, you get, you get to these moments and you actually feel the impact of them because you're not just given them right away. Yeah. And I also, I love the production design as well. Yes, um, gorgeous. I think, yeah, I think that it's like, they... Obviously, they didn't film it all in a pirate ship. They filmed it on a soundstage um, and and a beach. Um, but it's like, I feel like they kind of leaned into the fact that it is on a soundstage. And from the behind-the-scenes photos I've seen, like, very little of it is green screen. It's, like, painted flats. Not painted yeah. flats, but, like, painted backdrops. Um, and, like, a real ship that they are all sitting on. Yeah, Um, it's a real ship, and they'll have, like, these digital backgrounds, like... Yeah. Or, like, these painted backdrops. Yeah, and it feels... I don't know if they're painted backdrops, but it's, yeah. Um, but it it feels, like, presentational in a way that TV has kind of gone away from, Mm -hmm. um, in favor of, like, hyper-realism. But I feel like that, like, presentational, like, this is a set that actors are on element of TV has kind of started coming back and it just feels I don't I don't know if it is like in because of the same reasons but it's definitely in tandem with animation getting more stylized again yes um you're so right yeah and it's it's very it's very nice to see it reminds me of TOS in the way that it's like you can tell they're on a set but I'm not mad about it yeah you can tell they're on a set but it's like the writing and acting and everything about it is so good that it's like the fact that it is fake almost becomes part of the yeah. humor and part of the character. Especially because, like we were saying earlier in the pre-show, like there's something about it that feels very modern because, like, it's set in seventeen seventy, and it's so it's so anachronistic. Yeah, like the whole thing about the show is like a big crutch of it is like even though that they are in seventeen seventeen, even though they have like this very defined aesthetic and like this is their jobs and it's rooted in this like time period, the way they speak, the way they interact with each other, it's very twenty twenty two, but not in yeah. like a and not in like a ooh Fortnite, you know <laughs> ooh Fortnite dab kind of way. Yeah, but I, I wish someone would talk about Fortnite. <laughs> yeah. Season two, get on it. <laughs> but yeah, no, it feels very modern in a way that's like I know these people. Yeah. I know these people and I know who they are. Yeah, and it goes, it very much, like, works with the show because Steed's central conflict is, like, trying to figure out 
if he is actually doing like actually committing to any of this because people keep on being like oh this boat is just like a toy you have like you're just a rich kid playing pirates yeah and it's like that works on such a meta level too because it is so obvious with the production design of the show that it's like these are actors playing pirates yeah and it makes it so good because at the end of the season you see this huge jump and like the way the revenge is presented and it feels less and less like a set like, That's so true. Because as the show goes on, you get more of, like, these really wide shots of the ship in the ocean, and you yeah. get, like, these really, like, grandiose, like, movie shots. Like, yeah, it's like, as Ed, no, as Steed starts to, like, stop playing pirates, and as Ed also, because it's, like, Ed, Ed it's, it's it's the Ed-Blackbeard dichotomy, you know? Yeah, because Ed is very much so playing a role as well. Like, yeah. in a way, he too is playing pirates, but in a different way. I had the worst interaction with my boyfriend today, where we were watching Our Flag Meets Death, and there was something going on that was, like, Ed taking off the Blackbeard mask, proverbially. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, I love when men have a persona they hide behind. And he touched, and Alex touched me very gently. And was like, <laughs> I think you have autism. <laughs> <laughs> no, because there's, like, a great moment in, like, episode four. It's episode four, uh, where... Izzy says, you still, uh, Izzy says, I knew you still had it. And he was like, I've always had it. And he turns around and his face just drops. Yeah. And it's like this really monumental moment where you can feel like it's the first moment in the show where they really split the difference between Blackbeard and Ed and who these people are. Yeah. And then it's like the fact, the fact that Blackbeard loses the beard in episode nine and then draws it back on in episode 10. Yeah. I just, oh, I think about it. Yeah. I think about men. I won't say men. Characters. (laughs) Women can do it too. Um, Characters who, like, have had to build this persona for themselves um, as a way to distance themselves from past trauma and the violence that they are currently inflicting on other people and then slowly have that persona worn away by a person that they love and are forced to finally confront their true selves it's like recognition of the self through the other it's so good it's really good and like tying back into the production design uh the vibe of the show like changes near the end like and that's why it's really interesting because like as the show goes on it becomes less and less kind of you know, like, silly and brightly colored and not in, like, a way where it's, like, we're dropping comedy altogether, but it's, like, it feels less like they're playing a game and more like there's actual stakes and then whenever uh, Blackbeard fully takes over the ship as Blackbeard, you know, you get this complete change mm-hmm. in the way the revenge is p- presented because it's presented in, like, these dark colors and, like, kind of gritty and, like, these really cinematic shots of, like, things being thrown overboard. Yeah, because it's not, it's not Steed's ship anymore. It's no longer... It's Blackbeard's. Yeah, it's no longer Steed's ship, so it's being redefined within the context of the show. Yeah, and it's, like, all of that, like, like, candy-colored, like, rich boy facade gets, like, torn away because it's, like, a pirate ship being run by a pirate who is now more of a pirate than a man. Yeah. A rose by another name is still, is still a rose, you know? Yeah. Um... What else was I going to say? I don't know. I've been listening to The Chain by Fleetwood Mac on repeat. Yeah. Oh! No, I have... The way I'm going to have such thoughts about the way that Rumors is such a strong pick. Yeah. What was I going to say? Oh, um, I also... 
this is a little bit tangential, but I've I've been working on this theory that I think I'm gonna write my thesis on my senior year Hit me. about like every every single character who every single fictional character ever is either like aware that they are in a narrative or not, mm-hmm. and it's like the two different narrative structures that really exist are a story with characters who know they're in a story and a story with characters who don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like our flag means death kind of has both of those yeah, cause, like, kinds of characters. Because, like, in this image you see on screen, it very much so feels like an acknowledgement of the fourth wall. Not by these two characters, but by Lucius. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, uh, Lu- Lucius says, during this theme when they're, you know, improving back and forth, you know, like, Blackbeard's Bar and Grill, blah, 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 blah. Here you have something in your beer, let me get it out. He's, like, watching this happen as the audience, and he yeah. says... This is happening. And the episode is called This Is it Happening. It sure is. You're so right. Yeah. So, and then it's also like there there is the meta throughout the story of like Steed and Lucius are keeping this journal of their exploits at sea. And then what does what saves Steed in the end from getting executed? The, the journal. journal. So. He is a pirate because he stole that potted plant. He stole that potted plant and they took really good care of it. They did. It's thriving. It's a really beautiful plant. It's so good. Um, it's just, it's such a good show. Yeah. I am forcing my parents to watch it with me because my other thing about it is about the Art Flag Means Death fandom. Um, and I, I keep on thinking about, like, how is fandom going to change in, in relation to shows like this and as shows like this start becoming more Where we are actually getting- Where it's, like, so, the central tenet of fandom is proving that characters are queer- yeah, and it's like you don't have to do that anymore. So what are we? What am I supposed to do with myself? Learn, cr- learn media analysis. I I know it, but I only know it in terms of reading subtext. And it's like there is so much subtext in yeah. the show, but it's like it's not about characters' queerness because that just exists. Like Jim already is non-binary and uses yeah. they them pronouns. No, I saw <laughs> a really uh, really funny tweet yesterday, which is very true. Uh, which is that people who focus only on shipping have the blandest media takes. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, yeah, I, I feel like I have focused on shipping a lot of my time, but I do it right. <laughs> I do it correctly. Or I'm like, I, I look at all of the like coding and the like the secrecy of it all. Um, and like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it's like, I don't have to do that. Like, I don't have to talk about Jim's gender. Like, I don't have to like prove that Jim is non-binary. Because the show- they already are. They just give it to you. Yeah. And- yeah, there's something interesting to be said, especially like beyond just that, the fact that we are getting shows like that that can like this that can gather a fandom and like can gather this many people into this space who are all just excited that these characters are queer, and also it shows that this is possible, and it's not just something that showrunners are like, well, maybe we could do it. Exactly. Yeah, it's like no longer no longer can you make the excuse that gay people will hinder your viewership or storytelling ability because the viewership has been massive in case you didn't know uh our flag means death is currently the most viewed show in the u.s and it has exceeded its expected audience by 35 times it was more i think it's 37 because the mandalorian was 35 yeah because it exceeded the book of boba fett yeah oh yeah it was a mandalorian it's book of boba fett it didn't exceed viewers it exceeded like 
expected viewers. Expected viewers, yeah. Which is still, More so than the Book of Boba Fett. Which is absolutely insane. Yeah. Like... Gay people are beating Star Wars. Like, I... In case you need to comprehend that, like, that is... If you were to put that into numbers, if one million people were expected to watch, you know, Our Flag Means Death, that is 37 million people. Yeah. yeah. So... Yeah, but I'm forcing my parents to watch it with me because in the beginning of it, I'm going to be like, look at these gay men. And they're going to be like, oh, Jack, you you silly little guy, you silly little film major. And then we're going to get to like episode eight and nine. And I'm going to be like, Jenna, the chain's going to start- eat, eat, eat your words, Jenna. <laughs> the chain is going to start playing and you're going to be like, oh, here it comes. I made a post about it the other day that was like, I'm going to force my parents to watch this show Clockwork Orange style to turn them into gay people. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm going to do that to my mom because it's like, I I think she would A, think most of it's funny. Because uh, my mom's sense of humor is either like, she, she'll either hate what I show her or she'll love it. And there's yeah. no in between on that. And so I'm just going to show her and see what happens. And also because I want to see make my mom watch, watch men kiss because yeah. I think it's a little funny. Yeah. My dad, I think, will really like this show because he has a very Australian slash New Zealander sense of humor, um, just because his whole family is Australian. Yeah. Um, no. And I, I really hope he'll find it funny. I'm trying so hard to turn him into a Taika Waititi stan. He texted me the other day unprompted, and he was like, I'm watching Thor Ragnarok again. And then a few minutes later, he was like, this is the best movie ever. I was like, yes, yeah. David. No, so yes, like, David. There's a really interesting analysis floating out there about how, like, Taika Waititi's sense of humor is very much so Maori. Yeah. yeah, I was talking to a friend of mine back home who is indigenous, but, like, to an organ tribe. Yeah. Um, and he was saying, like... Taika Waititi's sense of humor is not just Maori, it's just, like, indigenous in general. Yeah. Um, and he was like, if you get it, you get it. And I was like, so true, Wokus. Yeah. It's very much so a show that's, like, I feel like that's another big reason why he, why he has such a defined style, is because yeah. he never let, like, he never whitewashes his films. Yeah, like, he, cause, and also because he's, like, he's one of the only indigenous... Yeah like filmmakers out there um because they get ass representation yeah he doesn't let himself get like brushed over by others he's like no this is my style and i'm keeping it yeah exactly which is why just why by the grace of god in season two we will get we will get the steed colonizer dressed (laughs) we were doing so good i it's been me every time also Oh, my computer's about to die. Oh, no. Oh, Can I get no. your charger? If I... I would have to remove my hard drive. I see. So... Um, I, I believe in us. I believe in us, too! Because we are moving in under the wire. Yes. Um. Yeah, but in season two, I really want them to talk about, like, the... At least the class differences between Steed and Edmore. Yeah. Um, because I... They... They, like, started to address some, like, the roots of it. Like, yeah. the very, the very like, sprinklings of it. Yeah, like, there was the party episode. But it's, uh, like, it, it's it's the little things that have made me more insane about, like, that aspect of their relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, like, when they're signing the Act of Grace and Steed has, like, the fanciest little signature. Yeah, and he's, then like, Ed signs his with an X. And it's, like, there there is an acting moment that Taika does there that is so good. Yeah, where he, like, hesitates because he's, like... 
oh, I don't know what to do. I can't write. So he does like an awkward X. Well, I don't think that it's like he doesn't know what to do because it's like that is the standard for signing things if you can't write. Yeah, no, I'm saying like he's kind of like doing like an awkward little like yeah, this but is embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. And it's like the such it's such like a stark comparison of Steed and Ed's upbringings and stations in life. Yeah. And just like on that little piece of paper. No, I think it's so interesting. Like the moments whenever we see uh, Ed like feeling embarrassed about the fact that he's poor. He yeah. grew up. Like, and I, I want I want like a whole episode about it in season two. Yeah, he grew up poor and indigenous and abused. Yeah. And he he doesn't and he doesn't know how to read, he doesn't know how to write, and he isn't and he doesn't act like he's embarrassed of those things whenever he's whenever he's being Blackbeard. But now that he's surrounded by like this these wealthy people, like or like this specifically this really wealthy man, it's yeah. really embarrassing to him because he's like now everybody looks sees me as an idiot. Yeah, I don't I don't even know if it's like embarrassment. It's just like, damn, you do have more money than me, and yeah. always have and always will. Yeah, it, and it has gotten you so many things in life that I yeah. will not have. Yeah, maybe like, not it, embarrassment, but recognition. Yeah, exactly. And it's like there's so many moments of that throughout the show that are very interesting and pretty based of David Jenkins. I'll be real. Um, yeah, yeah. I imagine it helps that he worked with a lot of writers uh, that weren't white or <laughs> that weren't white or uh, straight. Yeah, yeah. There were three. There were three non-binary writers in that writers' room. Maybe I will go into screenwriting. I'll go into screenwriting and just work for David Jenkins. Yeah. I'll be like, baby yeah. girl. Hey, hey, writers, here's a crazy thought. Hire writers that aren't white or straight, and you'll get better results. Yeah. If you, if you want to write a show with people of color or queer people, maybe hire queer writers and writers of color. So people can see themselves represented not only on screen, but in the writer's room, so they can feel comfortable on your set. Yeah, yeah, and it's just... Because be so much of so much of Our Flag Means Death, like, you can tell that the writer's room was full of people who were writing from personal experience, yeah. and that it was, like, such a safe environment for all of these actors to be in. Yeah, because Vika Ortiz, like, talks about in an interview, they were like, I was afraid they were going to throw me into the deep end and being like, and I was going to have to fight for Jim being non-binary or something like that. But no, I didn't. There were three other people there that were non-binary and already had written this stuff for me. Yeah. So there was no need for me to have to put up a fight or feel like I'm alone because there were other people there. Yeah. And the way the way that Jim was handled was so good. Because David yeah. Jenkins was like, well, as long as we're making this show not historically accurate at all, why would we not have this character use they, them pronouns? And have everyone respect that. Yeah, why would we not just have this character's non-binariness be completely normal? Yeah, because there are moments in the show where it's like, you see like a white like a white British naval officer being racist or like being homophobic in some way, but they're being, but it's like in these very like, very ways that feel definitely from personal experience, number one. And number two, it's immediately reprimanded and punished. Yeah. Like, and not in, like, a way where it's like, oh, a little slap on the wrist. It's like, no, this man got tied to some oars and sent out to sea. Yeah, yeah. It's like, no, Roach is gonna punch you in the face and um, everyone is gonna scam you out of all of your money. Yeah. Like, the repercussions are immediate and, al and always make them the butt of the joke. Yeah. Which is why, again, I do think that they are going to address... Um, steed's colonizer arc that happened in real history yeah um where he made his money 
in the slave trade. Yeah, which I doubt, like, I... I yeah, I don't think that they're going to ha- They're definitely not going to have Steed start working in the slave trade. Ooh. But I think they are going to have Steed... Like, maybe interact with people and be like, I'm not going to do that, actually. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ooh, we are running on a low battery, gang. Oh, no. Okay. We we should wrap this up, then. Yeah. Any final thoughts? My final thoughts are that we're going to... That this show is, like, probably going to change a lot about the internal workings of, an in, of the industry, at least within HBO, because now that there's, like, this extreme recognition of the fact that, like, we can be recognized without having to bully people into doing it. Yeah. There's gonna be a lot more demand from, like, queer people to be like, hey, we know that you have the power to do this and have a massive audience still. We're not- For sure. The next queer bait that's gonna happen, we're gonna be like, but what about Ed and Steve? Yeah, no, people aren't gonna beg for table scraps anymore. No. And, like- the Disney, like the Disney gays, were like, "Wow, it's so revolutionary that Pixar put a scene back in where two gay, where two gay women kissed." It's like people are gonna, a lot of people are gonna put up with that anymore, and so like the the Disney gays are gonna have to either get on the train or get run over by it. <laughs> yeah, I'll be real, or get run over. Like I'm tying Disney gays to train tracks with rope while wearing <laughs> a comically large fake mustache and twirling it. Yes, but yeah, no, like and. The same goes for like straight people within, like straight uh, cis people within the industry. They're also gonna have to get on the train or get run over. Yeah. Because like a lot of people are going to demand a lot more from them, and they're not gonna really, you know, this is just, and I guess this is just a reminder, like you don't have to put up with that. No. You can, you can go other places. You can hoist the Jolly Roger. You know. <laughs> yeah. You have options, and you don't have to, and you don't have to take this like as like. As treatment, you can. Mm-hmm. There are other ways to see yourself. Yeah. All right. Should I do my spiel? You should do the spiel. Okay. I'm gonna do it fast so that we don't die. Um. This has been a Brain Rot Presents production. That means that you can find us anywhere on any social media platform at brainrot underscore presents. That's presents with no ease. Uh, we also have a Patreon that we talked about earlier. If you pay us money, you get so much fun stuff. You can see the images of the gay men we've been talking about scrolling on by. Um, as we're speaking, among other things, um, you get so much extra stuff for our audio drama Nemesign that is going to come out so soon. Um, God, in June. Yeah, it's coming out June, baby. Um, so gear up for season yeah. two. Pay us money for more more fun stuff regarding season two. And minisodes are dropping soon. Minisodes are dropping soon. Um, only for patrons, though. And if you don't care about any of that, you can just follow us at LukewarmTakesEC on Instagram. That's everything. Um, Go watch Our Flag Means Death if you haven't yet. If you have, go watch it again. Get those streams up. Get those streams up. Um, If you... I have seen... I saw this, like, master post about how to show that there's a demand for season two. Um, And if you really want to, you can tweet, like... You can tweet at any of the official HBO accounts. Yeah, go harass um, HBO. Yeah, that works better than tweeting at, like, Tyga and David Jenkins. Because they know. <laughs> <laughs> they know. They also want a season two, we promise. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, go get your money's worth. Demand that HBO release it. And if you don't have an HBO Max account, just watch the free episode. Yeah, that's true. Um, also, I think there are other sites. Yes. 
Yeah. All right. That's it. Thank you so much. Thank you. We'll see you next time we remember to record an episode, I'll be honest. These next two weeks. Who baby. Who baby. Yeah. We'll see you soon. Pray for me.